Amen. So this morning I want to talk about something that some of you will be like, ah, you know, I'm excited. And some of you are like, oh, I really don't want to think about this. I just want to talk about Jesus and go home and have some lunch. Well, neither one of those places is a good place to be. The reality is, is that if you have made Jesus your Savior, you have a target on your back. Now, if you have not made Jesus as your Savior, you still have a target on your back, uh, but the target is from the Lord, because you are His enemy. Now, He loves you, and He wants to draw you to Him, and His own Son has paid the sacrifice for you, but if you have not received Jesus, you have a target there, because uh, you haven't repented. You're, you're not following the Lord. But when you decide to follow the Lord, when you decide to make Him your King, uh, do you just enter the Garden of Eden and, and everything's great? No, no. You have a target on your back, and even if you go to the Garden of Eden, you'll remember there was a serpent there trying to get them out of the Garden of Eden. And so this morning we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, and when I talk about that, I want you to know that primarily spiritual warfare is all about false information and trying to isolate you. Again, if you go back to the Garden of Eden and you have Adam and Eve living in the presence of God and, and everything is great and there's nothing that the enemy can do about it. It's just there. Uh, he can't go in and take anything from him. What is the only thing that he has? The only thing that he has is false information to try and get them to give it up. I want you to hear that. Jesus has already won the victory, okay? If you are a follower of Jesus, he has won the victory, and there's nothing the enemy can do about it. The only thing that he can do about it is to try and give you false information so that you will hand back over to him what is rightfully yours. That's all he's got. And one of the ways that he's going to try to do that is through isolation. That's one of his biggest tools is to try and isolate you. And one of the things I want to hit right off the bat that something I've seen over and over is that you need more. Okay, if you are a married person in here, I want you to hear this. You need more than just your spouse in your corner. You need more than just your spouse praying with you. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve fell together. I want you to hear that. They fell together. And one of the things that I've seen numerous times in our church is somebody comes to me and says, well, my spouse and I have been praying and we've decided to do this. They don't come and say, hey, my spouse and I have been praying about this and we want to ask some of uh, the believers that we walk with to pray with us in this because we don't want to make a dumb decision. Instead, I get the, oh, we've already made it, but don't worry about it. We prayed about it. <laughs> well, great. Adam and Eve came to a conclusion, too, about what they should do. And guess what? The consequences were extreme. But you live in a world that is full of spiritual warfare. Now, do we need to focus on it? No. No. 
We need to focus on Jesus, okay? He is the victor. He is the one that, that, that where we find our victory. But at the same time, we want to be aware of things that are going on. This morning in our Sunday school class, we were talking about how weeds, you know, after we've been walking with the Lord a while, weeds will start to pop up. And after, you know, at first, they're no big deal. They don't have big roots. They're not, you know, they're really not sucking much from you. But they slowly grow and grow and grow. And before long, they start to really suck the life out of you. And as believers, the enemy is always trying to plant little things in our garden, okay, that at first don't seem like a big deal, but then one day they take us out. And the thing is, is that, you know, most of us have, if we're a follower of Jesus, we have a hard time believing that we could be used by the enemy, but that's one of the, the, the advantages that the enemy has. When you go back to the time of Jesus and you think about the religious leaders of that time who believed they were following God, Jesus says to them that their father is Satan. And they're like, what? No way! You know, we're following Abraham, we're following Moses, we're following God. Satan is not our father, but he was. They were so fooled, they were so deceived that that is what was happening, um, but they didn't know it. How did it happen? Well, it happened through some small decisions way back here that led to the place that they are at. And that's what I want to talk about this morning because the enemy is going to try to get you to make some small decisions. And again, a big part of it is always based in isolation. And by the way, you can be in the middle of a crowd and be isolated. You're not really connected with people. The body of Christ is not just about being a part of a church in a sense that you're attending services with other people, okay? That's not going to do much for you. You know, hopefully right now you're not doing a lot of talking with the people next to you, okay? You're not connecting with them. Hopefully that you're, you're listening right now. But guess what? You need to do that. There's a time and a place. You need to connect with people. You need to be open and honest about the things that you believe the Lord is directing you to so that they can pray with you because the enemy uh, can camouflage himself. The enemy is a master thief theologian, master theologian, all right? He just doesn't love God, but he knows the word, okay? Uh, just because someone knows the word doesn't mean that, that they are following the truth. He just chooses not to follow it. So he knows the word, and just like when he's talking to Jesus and trying to tempt Jesus, you know, he's throwing scripture out there. Well, Jesus is throwing Scripture back, but Jesus understands the truth of the Scripture. I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. We need not only the Word, we need the Word, but we need one another. Because we can get into a place where we can be deceived and get pulled away. And again, that's what warfare is all about. Um, uh, only a small part of warfare is really about hand-to-hand -hand conflict. The biggest part of warfare is isolating and creating chaos, creating disturbance so that people are not unified. If you've been reading through Ecclesiastes, you know it talked about the, the strand of, of three chords. But when you are by yourself, you've got no one at your six. You don't know what's coming up behind you. You need people all around you that can help you see. Because all of us have blind spots. And oftentimes, hear this, your blind spot is the same place as your strength. 
It's your strength where you have your blind spot. And so you need people around you that love you enough to tell you the truth. But you know what? Having people around you that love you enough to tell you the truth isn't enough. you got to listen to it. <laughs> when somebody tells you the truth, you, you got to be open and listen even when it hurts. And as I was talking in Sunday school, you know, when it comes to pulling out those weeds in our life, sometimes it hurts. It doesn't feel good. I mean, I was picking up some weeds uh, this week and, you know, the roots and stuff are like, you know, pulling out of the ground. I mean, it's, it's not a, you know, a, a quick, if you just snip the weed off and you leave the roots, guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to come back up. But that's what we want, right? We want the nice, easy. It's not going to work. You got to rip that thing out of there. And it's painful. But guess what? If we're going to know the presence of the Lord, and we're going to know the joy that comes from the presence of the Lord, it's going to take obedience. And before I go to this scripture, I want to tell you this. I did not want to use this scripture this morning. I wanted to use a different one. Because I feel like I've used this one before, and it's like, I just, I wanted to use something different, and God kept pointing me back. It's like when I went to a different scripture that I was really wanting to use, I just, I, I felt this wall. And as we're sitting there worshiping, Stephanie starts just quoting that scripture. She has no idea she's doing it, and she was quoting exactly what the scripture said said in reference to what the scripture was about. And so once again, I was just like, okay, once again, Lord, you know what you're doing. I don't. Praise the Lord. All right. First Samuel uh, chapter 15, just two verses. First Samuel chapter 15, two verses that I want to share with you this morning that I believe the Lord wants to speak through. I want to read it and then I'll, I'll talk about some context and so on. So this is the prophet Samuel, and he is speaking to King Saul, and they were at one time very connected. And at one time, Saul really listened to the prophet Samuel. But as time went on, Saul began to distance himself emotionally and begin to make some decisions that directly went against what Samuel had said because he thought that he knew better. And then when he was confronted on it, he tried to cover it up and say, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm still good. Because what he was doing was he had one foot following the Lord and then he had one foot over here looking at his own interests and there was this divide that happened. And eventually what happened was he was completely pulled away from the Lord and the Lord rejected him. Why? Because he didn't trust the Lord. He didn't trust those who were speaking for the Lord out of fear, out of whatever. He made his own decisions and he tried to go against the Lord without going against the Lord. And it didn't work out very well. Verses 22 and 23. Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord... He has rejected you as king. Now, I want you to see that verse 23. Rebellion as sinful as witchcraft, stubbornness 
as bad as worshiping idols. Now, most of us probably cannot see ourselves involved in idol worship or witchcraft. We look at that and say, no way. Just like the religious leaders during Jesus' day would have said, there is no way am I going to follow Satan and be used of Satan. But if you begin to disobey and you begin to resist God, guess what? It's only a matter of time before you are full-blown in to worshiping idols and witchcraft. If you follow Saul's life, he eventually gets to the point where he's going to a witch, okay, calling up the dead and trying to get some direction in his life. How did that happen? Because you also need to see the first part of Saul's life. The first part of Saul's life is that God comes upon him in a radical way. The scripture declares that he is radically changed. He begins prophesying. The Spirit is on him. He brings the nation together. He overcomes enemies. God is moving in him in powerful ways. But what happens? What happens is he doesn't fully trust God. He begins to want to walk in some of the world's ways and instead, and when he's confronted with it, and this is the big thing, because we all fall into this, okay? I'm not talking about perfect people. I do not fit into that at all. But here is what will decide whether or not I finish well, whether or not you finish well, is this. When we are confronted, do we repent? That's what it comes down to. When we're confronted, do we repent or do we try to cover up and say, oh no, I'm following God. Because this stuff breaks my heart. Because I've had these conversations, okay? I've had these conversations with people in the church and not just people in the church, leaders in the church. And I'm having to say hard stuff. I think the enemy is pulling you away here. Oh no, we've prayed about it. It's good. God's telling us to do this. Well, that's exactly what Saul said to Samuel. Oh no, I obeyed God. No, you didn't. And what's the consequence? The consequence is they're going to get pulled away. But sometimes we have this idea, and I'm sure Saul probably fell into this. When Saul thought about all the powerful things that God had done in his life, he probably thought, I'm untouchable, okay? I mean, yeah, maybe I don't make all the right decisions, but I'm going to be good. No, no. Saul got the boot. Saul got the boot, okay? And uh, Scripture records that a tormenting spirit came into his life, and his life became awful. Why? Because he would not trust in the Lord. Now, If you have made a decision for the Lord, something radical has happened in your life. You have been born again. And not only have you been born again, others have seen it. Others have seen it. Not only does the enemy hate that you have been born again, but he hates all those who have seen what has happened in your life. He wants to take you down, not only because he detests the fact that you've chosen God, but he wants to take you down because of the impact of all those who see it. And the deeper you go into the Lord, the bigger target you have. So, why am I pursuing the Lord? Why should you pursue the Lord? Because the alternative is hell. 
That's the alternative. There, there's no, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you that there was another alternative, but there's not. I mean, either you, um, again, have a target on your back from the Lord, or you have a target on your back from Satan. That, that, those are your choices, okay? I'm going to choose the target from Satan because I've read the book and God wins. God wins. God's already won the victory. But, but unfortunately, along the way, the enemy is trying to constantly get me to hand things over to him. How does he do that? Discouragement. He does it through discouragement. You know, you see people falling away and you're just like, ah, you know, what's it worth it? And, you know, and he starts blocking all the good things that you see and, and, and that kind of thing. I mean, again, we see this right now in social media, in news and so on, uh, you know, trying to block things that are of the Lord, that would encourage our faith, and then putting out the things in front of us that, that you know, do not encourage our faith. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I, I was scrolling through some social media the other night, and uh, my mom my mom posted something and it was covered up and it said this could be sensitive you may not want to see it and I'm like oh well I definitely want to see it now you know it's covered up it's like what's this gonna be you know this is gonna be like some really intense gore or something like that I'm like you know I can handle this so I click on it and it's a baby like, it's not even dirty. It's just a baby sitting there clean. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Why are they covering this up? Well, I got to reading in it. It's because, well, the baby was only 12 weeks old. But, you know, you look at the picture and it's just, it's just a small baby in a hand. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's an agenda. I'm just like, stop it. But you know what? That is the world that we live in. It's all around us. And guess what? In your spiritual walk, that's what's going on. And guess what the enemy's doing? He's using people that you love and care about. I mean, again, go back to Jesus' day. These religious leaders, guess what? They had relatives. <laughs> they had relatives who were following Jesus. And you think about those people that are following Jesus and what they're going through. I've got this relative over here. I care about him. I love him. They claim to follow God, but they're being used to the enemy. It's, it's not an easy process. And they're saying stuff that, you know, they're telling me that I'm, you know, of the enemy and so on. And it's, it's all so confusing. Well, how do, I, how do I discern it all? I go to the Word. I go to the Word. But again... But what do I also need with that? Because uh, the religious leaders were in the Word, but they were completely blocked. What do I also need with that? I need people around me too. People that I can trust, that, that I know are genuinely following the Lord to help guide me in what I'm seeing. Because the enemy is always putting things out there to try and isolate. Whenever there's something in your life that you feel is pulling you away okay, from the, the church connections that you have, you need to question that. Now, there are people that have gone out from here, and guess what? They've gone into other ministries that, that God has called them to, and amen. That, that's, what, that's what we're about. We're about the kingdom. But if you're just in that place where you're like, uh, you know, I, I just want to go someplace where I can hang out, and, and this growing stuff is really tough. I don't want to do that. That's not good. You know, I, I, I'm reminded of a couple that was in our church and the Lord was moving on them to start a ministry that really...
ministered to the brokenhearted. And, you know, it was so awesome watching what God was doing in their life. And it just, you know, it inspired people. And it just, you know, it gave you an energy. But shortly after they started this, woof, the enemy comes in. And what happened at that point was they needed to really lean into the Lord and lean into God's people. But that's not what happened. Instead, there was this withdrawal. This withdrawal. And now, what's happened? Well, the enemy tore the marriage apart. And, and for a while, both chased the enemy. One's come back. I don't know about the other one yet. I'm still praying. But it's heartbreaking. Why am I sharing this? Because this is all of our stories. Okay? God has a plan for you. He wants to use you. Okay? He had a plan for Saul to use Saul. But, but, but Saul began to withdraw. He began to withdraw from Samuel, the, the person who was following the Lord, who was instrumental in his walk with the Lord. He began to withdraw and, and try to operate in a way that was a little sneaky. you know. And we know when we're doing that. I know when I'm doing that. And I get tempted to do that, by the way. And sometimes I take steps to do that. And I have to backtrack. I have to repent. Because I get drawn into things and I'm like, you know, I don't want to tell Shane about this because I know what he's going to say. He's going to be like, that ain't no God, so just shut up, you know, I'm going to do what I want. He doesn't know everything. That's where we go, right? If you're doing that, you're in the middle of spiritual warfare. The enemy's trying to take you out. Fight it. Fight it. How How do I fight it? I'm going to connect with people, okay? I'm going to pursue the Lord. I'm going to trust in His ways. I'm going to be obedient even when I don't understand. Because that was part of Saul's deal. Some of the obedience that he was asked of, it didn't make sense to him. It didn't make sense. You know, like when we were talking about send out the worshipers. Well, that's dumb. Why would you do that? Well, God had told him, you know, don't take take the plunder here. Just don't touch it. Why would I do that? I mean, this would really bless people. You know, and then I could give more back to God. You know, we start going through the rationale. But he knew in his heart what he was doing. He wasn't trusting. So right now, where are you being tempted? Where are you being tempted? You know what God's asking you, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, again, even with the scripture this morning, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, God, this other one makes more sense. But I'm telling you, I felt the wall like, don't do it. (laughs) And I would have paid a consequence if I had gone forward. You know, there's places right now where you feel it. You feel it. There was another person who came to me and I was talking to him and... uh, I expressed I had some concern, and they said, nope, God's, you know, we're good. God, this is what God has told me. And then later they mentioned that no one else in the church agreed with them. The only person that did was somebody who didn't follow the Lord. I'm like, huh, Boy, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a connection there. But that's where the enemy can take us. And you know what? I'm laughing, but you know what? That can happen to me too. Because I can get sucked into that. So, are you undergoing spiritual warfare right now? Well, the answer is yes, you are. (laughs) Okay? Do you need to focus on it? No. Just focus on the Lord. But be aware. 
Be aware of those things where the enemy's trying to isolate. Be aware of those small choices where you know God's asking of you something of you, but, but for whatever reason you're, you're wanting to say no. Um, it's important that you say yes. And if you do say no at first, hey, just repent, okay? You're good. Repent. Keep going. But don't get into this place of Saul where, you know, for, I'm just going to do what I want and I'll offer some sacrifices later. No, that, that gets to a point where God's saying, okay, you, you're not actually following me anymore. You're trying to buy my love. God doesn't need anything from you. God wants your love. That's what he wants from us. So let's acknowledge it. We got a target. Let's not get overwhelmed by it. Let's keep our eyes on the victor who's already won. But let's not hand anything over to the enemy because there's nothing, there's nothing he can take from us. We can only hand it over. And if you're in that place where you're feeling like that's the best decision to do, get some other people in your life, those who truly follow the Lord. Have them pray with you. Share with them. Father, thank you that you've given us other people in our life. Thank you for these people right here, Lord, that, that um, the genuinely love one another. Um, Lord, I, I just I pray against this picking apart that the enemy does, how he slowly picks people out. I, I just pray that when we sense it, Lord, that we'll, we'll speak out. And we know it. <laughs> Lord, I know it. In those moments, I know it. I know when I want to just be silent and not tell anyone. But I need to. I need to get it out there because I know what's happening um, and the stakes are big. And even though, Lord, just like witchcraft and idol worship, there's a ton of other things that, that we could throw out there that, Lord, we're just like, no way, that would never be us. But it could be each one of us because it was, as we talked about last week, it happens through small steps. <laughs> and those small steps become these big leaps. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, for repentant hearts, hearts of obedience here, and that we would Bind together, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the church family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.